Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Many of our listeners are already familiar with the name Jonathan Mosin, a blind individual who has made a number of contributions in the field of blindness, accessibility, and technology for the visually impaired. We'll speak with Jonathan about his journey, as well as about his new role as CEO of WorkBridge, which connects the disabled with employers. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Jonathan Mosin. My tip rather than the technology tip I might once have offered would be investigate going keto. Cut your carbs, get rid of the sugar, you'll feel so much better for it. That's apparently made a big difference in your life. Mate, I have lost about 60-odd pounds now, and I feel absolutely fantastic, full of energy. I don't have that crash that is so common for people mid-afternoon. It really has changed my life. Jonathan mentioned going keto. That's shorthand for going on a ketogenic diet. And for anybody who doesn't know what that means, it's a diet that's very high in protein, high in fat, and extremely low in carbohydrates. And there are several variants of this diet. So the percentages vary from one to another, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Many people, including Jonathan, say they feel terrific and have obviously, like Jonathan, lost a lot of weight on this diet. Other people claim that it is good for reducing symptoms of various diseases, but you should look into it pretty carefully because other people disagree with all of that. If you want to look it up, it's spelled K-E-T-O-G-E-N-I-C, ketogenic. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Jonathan and learning about WorkBridge, for whom he is the new CEO. Hello, I'm Jonathan Mosin. You've been with us on the show many times before and in many different positions. And so we figured this was an opportunity to update our listeners about what you're up to these days and some of the new things you've been doing. So give us an idea of what you're up to these days and some of the big changes that have happened in your life recently. Well, these days I'm chief executive of an organization called WorkBridge, which is a supported employment agency in New Zealand. We have 22 offices around New Zealand, and that's keeping me very busy. It's nice to be back in the disability sector in New Zealand after a long break. So a bit of a change for me in terms of my career. And what does WorkBridge do? WorkBridge seeks to make people job ready who have a disability or an illness or a health condition. So anything that might require you to obtain a little extra assistance to get a job, 
then we assist people to be matched with the correct employer. So we'll help with CVs. And then we do a lot of education of employers because obviously this is about a partnership. It's a matchmaking exercise. And many employers are understandably risk averse. And they're under the misconception that employing a disabled person is a risk. And in fact, the truth is that employing a disabled person is a really sensible decision because here in New Zealand, just like in the US, unemployment is very low. And what happens is that when you employ a person who doesn't have a disability, often they'll hang around a while, you've trained them up, you've recruited them, all those things costs money, and then they move on to another gig. Whereas all the research shows that disabled people, when they're given the opportunity, hang around longer, they take less sick leave, they're more loyal. So we do a lot of public education of the the employer market as well. And do you attribute that to the disabled being more grateful that they got a job or less confident that they might get another one or just what else? I think there is an element of that. And that's one of the things that we also have to look at medium term is that I think there's also a lot of underemployment of disabled people. And we have to make sure that they are given the opportunity for promotion and career advancement as well. But right now, we are really using any lever that we can to get people a foot in the door. In New Zealand, we really don't have many people with any kind of disability in what I would call influencer positions. There are very few chief executives like me who are in visible positions who have a disability. There are no politicians in New Zealand at the national level who have a disability, and there are no people in media. So we're kind of invisible And we've got a lot of educating to do. And I suppose that's what really appeals to me. We're doing a lot of technological transformation at WorkBridge. So I'm using my tech skills in that regard. And obviously technology is a key component. Assistive technology is a key component for many job placements. But also I'm able to take advantage of my passion for advocacy and changing attitudes and changing the world. So it's a kind of a position that really has harnessed a lot of the things that I enjoy doing into one position. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is what Jonathan's been up to lately. So you've been an advocate for the disabled, Jonathan, for a long time and in many different roles. Can you give us an idea of what kind of things you are doing on a day-to-day basis now for your new company? Right now, my task is to re-energize, revitalize, and ultimately restructure the organization. And there are two ways that you can do this as a chief executive. You can come in and make your presence felt immediately and essentially make it feel like a bomb has hit the place. Or you can go through a period of listening and learning. And when I arrived at WorkBridge, I made it very clear that my approach would be to listen and learn and then to lead. So as I said, I've met with a lot of the staff, with all of the staff, in fact, around New Zealand. I've met with other stakeholders. I've talked to government agencies, all to understand their perceptions of how the organization is performing and what we need to do to change. 
I've been working with my board to put a new strategic plan together. That process is almost complete. And in the new year, we'll be implementing a structure that implements that strategic plan at an operational level. But in the meantime, we've been doing things like changing our customer relationship management system to one based on Salesforce. We've introduced a podcast. We've installed accessible computers thanks to the cooperation of Vespero right around our Workbridge centres so that any blind or low vision individual can come to our centres, search for jobs or do enrolments with us. We have free public Wi-Fi there now too. So essentially I've been on a modernising kind of trip. But also on a day-to-day basis I do things like uh, recently I had a lunch that I hosted for some of New Zealand's top chief executives and we fed them and sat them down and did a bit of public education about what it means to employ disabled people and why they should. So it's a very mixed bag, some of it administrative, some of it changing the organization and then some of it at a senior leadership level just trying to change the perceptions of of disability and employment. Well you did reference a podcast there and before we started Recording this, you talked about being responsible for a podcast for this organization. Well, yes, it's about everybody pitching in with what they can do, isn't it? And so because of my radio and podcasting experience, a podcast was something that I wanted to add. Uh, I've also appointed a brand manager as well since I got here, and we're doing a lot more social media and uh, a a new radio campaign and things. So we're doing a lot. But the podcast is called Mahi, spelt M-A-H-I. It's a Maori word meaning work. Maori are the indigenous people of New Zealand. And Mahi is available in most of the places that people generally get their podcasts. And we're focusing on the work that we're doing, both from an employer and a job seeker perspective. So yes, I'm doing that too. You've had a lot of experience doing podcasts. And in fact, I assume you're still doing your personal podcast. I stopped doing the blind side when I joined Ira, just because it was such a full-on position. And when I became chief executive of Workbridge, I had to make a choice about what I would do with the very little personal time I had, because this job, I mean, I thought I'd been busy in the past. This is amazing, but I love it. And then it really clicked with me. I love doing the Mosin Explosion, which I've been doing for about 20 years in various places. That's my internet radio show that's live and features a bit of music and conversation. And then I thought, why can't I create a kind of a fusion where I take a recording of the Mosin Explosion radio show right after it's aired on Mushroom FM and turn it into a podcast? And um, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. So we've got a cool jingle package made for it. And... Now this is going out pretty much every week where I just distill little bits of the radio show and turn it into a podcast, and it's called the Mosin at Large podcast. And man, the numbers are fantastic, so that's worked out well. You've mentioned many different facets of WorkBridge. How big of an organization is that in terms of both staff and clients? We enroll around about 3,000 New Zealanders annually with Workbridge at the moment, and we have about 120 staff. Most of those are employment consultants who work with disabled people or employers. And bear in mind that this is New Zealand, a country of just under 5 million people. So by New Zealand standards, 
we are a pretty large and well-established disability organisation. We were founded in our first original form back in the 1930s to really assist soldiers who needed rehabilitation and have moved on and modernised over time. And that modernisation has to continue. One of the reasons why the board was interested in appointing me is that we're going through a really significant digital transformation right now. So by this time next year, we expect to have a really amazing website that, I mean, we've got a website, but what I want is a, is a portal that our job seekers can log into for personalized services, including webinars on a range of employment topics relating to specific industries or just the job search. And we'll also have iOS and Android apps all of that will be fully accessible. We should be able to scrape content from other sites as well uh, with appropriate permissions. So my technology knowledge has certainly been handy for a board who was interested in hiring a chief executive that could really help transform the organization in a digital sense. It's interesting with your diverse background and interest and the wide number of contributions you've made in a number of areas, I wonder how you make a decision as to where your next contribution should be. I mean, what motivated you to change from doing sort of tech stuff with IRA and Freedom Scientific into something that's, you know, kind of different? That's a really good question. And it's one of those agonizing questions. So I was sitting here, I'm tempted to quote Arlo Guthrie, on the Group W bench uh, in February. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got this call from the recruiting agency that was doing this process, and they said, did you know that the um, position of chief executive of Workbridge was um, was going? And I said, I did. And they said, yeah, we'd strongly encourage you to apply. And my first reaction to sort of use some American vernacular was, dude, I'm happy with the gig I got. But... In thinking about it, I realized that it would be a wonderful challenge for me to lead a team like this. Clearly, they wanted somebody who would shake things up and transform things. And it was this really cool, as I said, fusion of a lot of my interests, technology with the digital transformation, advocacy, a passion for changing people's lives. What motivates me in every single job I've done is really thinking about what difference have I made today? Have I actually helped someone today? Have I tried in some way to make the world a better place? And there were just so many opportunities. And to be absolutely career-focused about it, if you've made a good fist of being a chief executive of a reasonably sized organization, it does open other opportunities for the future because those skills are very much transferable to being the chief executive of something else. So it seemed like a really good career move to make. You certainly sound very happy with it. I really love this job. It's long hours and there are challenges because you can't turn a ship around of this size within the five months that I've currently been here. But I thrive on the challenges. It's when the challenges disappear that I start to get bored and think about the next chapter. And um, there are many, many challenges here. I love it. Oh, that has to be fun. And talking about all the different work experiences you've had, I was listening to the podcast you did over the past couple of months. Summer, as you pointed out, in this part of the world, winter in your part of the world, 
Anyway, this series of podcasts that you did with Glenn Gordon of Freedom Scientific, Vispero, about your life and experiences. And I was quite taken with the whole thing. And I thought it'd be an interesting thing if people wanted to know more about you to listen to several of those podcasts. It was a series of eight or nine, right? Yeah, there were nine. And by the end of it, I felt like I had really done a massive mental workout. And the reason why we did that was because in the contact form for Mosin Consulting, people would write suggestions for books or tutorials they would like me to do. And consistently throughout Mosin Consulting's history, I would get these messages from a wide range of people saying, why don't you write an autobiography? And I couldn't think of anything kind of worse. Like, I feel like I've still got things to do. And just sitting there and writing about myself didn't seem like a very good use of my time. But a number of things happened at once. I had a gap between jobs. I knew that I was making quite a big change, transitioning from the tech sector to the disability sector in New Zealand. I turned 50 and I was awarded, to my great surprise, by the New Zealand government a quite high honour, which is to have been made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit. And so all those things coming together made me think, oh, maybe now's the time to do something. So I called Glenn Gordon and I said, would you be willing to do this sort of biographical thing? You can interview me. I'll give you as much background material as you need that I have. And you mustn't feel at all backward about asking me anything. I'm not a person who lacks uh, controversy or whatever, and I've done a lot in my life. So go for it. And he did a really great job. He didn't shy away from tough questions and tried to get to the bottom of, of some decisions I've made or whatever. So yes, it really did feel like a workout, but the response to it has been really nice and pe people have appreciated it. It was quite good. And if people want to get to know you better and know the full depth of your experiences through some of your political work in New Zealand, your work in radios, uh, putting together ACB radio, your work with Vespero and everything else, it's quite a thing. For anybody who has not yet listened to these podcasts, would you give a quick overview of how it's organized? You know, you don't have to list each individual podcast, but kind of generally what topics you group together and how? Broadly speaking, it starts at the beginning and I talk about my childhood. I have been on the radio in New Zealand since I was four years old. And you were blind at the time. Yes, yes, I've been blind all my life. And so I have had public roles for as long as I can remember. And that's a blessing and a curse. And I think for the first time, I've really talked publicly about some of the struggles, the mental health struggles I had, particularly in my teenage years. And these days... We are more willing, I think, many of us are more willing to talk about our mental health struggles. And I think it's important that we do. In some ways, I'm quite a private person, but I did think that if I could talk honestly about some of those issues, then maybe it might give hope to younger people who are struggling now that you can come through them and that with the right help and perhaps looking at things in a different way, you can transcend that and and move on and have a, a happy life. So that's why I chose to 
talk about it. We try and move broadly chronologically through my life, but sometimes it's necessary to take detours. For example, it made sense to put quite a bit of my internet radio work together and then come back, say, to technology work, uh, even though they're not necessarily strictly chronological. So you can go through the nine episodes and basically in the title and the description, you'll see um, the topics that we're covering and whether that particular episode might interest you. As you mentioned, it was interesting that you did talk about some of your struggles in a straightforward manner. You know, we often have people that we look up to as our heroes and have done so much and we just see sort of the glitz and the shine and the shimmer. And you don't realize that some of these people struggle too. They just may not always talk about it, and it may not be so obvious. No, I think that's right. And that was personally quite difficult for me to talk about it publicly because when I meet people, they say to me, gosh, you sound like such a, a completely, totally happy, confident person all the time. And... Certainly in the last few years, I've done a lot in that regard. I've done uh, a meditation practice. I've gone to a ketogenic, low-carb style of eating. I keep a gratitude journal, and all those things really help. But I suppose, to some extent, we all have a bit of a public persona, and then we have the complete us that we show our nearest and dearest so I thought, if I really am going to do this and subject myself to Glenn Gordon's cross-examination, I should be honest about it. What I thought was particularly interesting was, I think it was the last episode, where Glenn had sort of a lightning round with you. <laughs> so the yeah. questions weren't so well planned, and you know they were just kind of a quick back and forth. It was really fun. I'm not good at the quick soundbite. So that was fun. That was a challenge. And yeah, it was really interesting to think about all the things that he talked about with me because I realized I've actually been busier than I sometimes remember I, I was. I mean, I've packed quite a bit in and they're almost compartments of my life. So there's commercial broadcasting there's sort of government relations and politics here in New Zealand. As you say, there was the real start of my international work with ACB Radio and then Humanware and Freedom and Mushroom FM and all those things. So they've been quite distinct compartments. And to have it all put together like that, it made me realize there probably aren't that many people, certainly outside of New Zealand, who perhaps realize the full extent. You know, the, the Copyright Act, for example, that we got started in New Zealand was the basis of the Marrakesh Treaty. And I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of, that we demonstrated a new paradigm in New Zealand that accessibility to information should really be treated no differently from accessibility to public buildings. And had we not done that work, there may not have been the Marrakesh Treaty because other countries emulated the New Zealand copyright legislation. So, yes, there's been a lot going on in the last, um, I don't know, well, 50 years or so. And you've talked about how happy you are in your career these days and how well that's gone. But I know that you are also happy in your family life these days. You are married to Bonnie Mosen, who we interviewed several years ago on the show about a book she wrote about employment. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about Bonnie. I'm very happily married to Bonnie, and uh, we're such a good team, and uh, we're we're really happy. Um, 
she's recently, since the podcast was done, she's also in full-time employment working for the Blindness Agency here in New Zealand. So, you know, we're a career couple, um, no longer doing Mosin Consulting from home, but really enjoying life. And we have a lot to talk about at breakfast in the evenings. Well, great. Well, congratulations on your move and all your contributions. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Jonathan's life and work, including his new job as CEO of WorkBridge and that series of podcasts that he did with Glenn Gordon, and how to contact him directly. So if people want to find out more about the organization that you're working with now, where would you send them? There is a website. It's not the website I would like, but we're going to reimagine the website and make it a lot more kind of punchy in the near future. But it is at workbridge.co.nz or NZ. Workbridge is all one word, of course. And you can take a look at that. And if you are interested in the podcast, two episodes of that have been published now. If you search on the word Mahi, M-A-H-I, in most podcast apps, it should come up. And if people want to contact you, how would they do that? You can go to the Mosin Consulting website, which is still up and selling some of the tutorials that are relevant still at mosin.org. And there's a contact form there. And that's probably the easiest way to do it. So mosin.org. And then there's a contact us link there. And you mentioned that you're still doing your Mushroom FM show and have converted a version of that into a podcast. Where would people find those? Yes. Well, the Blindside podcast feed, I essentially rebranded it so that everybody who was already subscribed to the Blindside of old, and that's also where the In the Arena episodes can be found, just started getting those new episodes. And so if you now search for Mosin at large in Apple Podcasts or other podcast directories, you should find that. And if you drill down far enough, you'll find that nine-part series that Glenn Gordon did with me called In the Arena. And that certainly is fun to listen to. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was uh, pretty pretty challenging to do. And, and I really congratulate Glenn on the way that he did it. He's He's an outstanding guy and a good interviewer. Well, he's had a bit of a radio background also. <laughs> Yes, he has. Yeah. As usual, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. And if you want to hear some of the other interviews we've done with Jonathan Mosen through the years, they're pretty good. Just type in Mosen, M-O-S-E-N, into the search field on our website, and you'll find a summary of each show along with links to the audio and show notes for that episode. That's it for show number 1950. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about Outlook Business Solutions. We'll talk with Rachel Carver about their new approach that they've developed to address the problem of very high unemployment among the visually impaired. Their program matches visually impaired consultants with specific skills to companies seeking these skills for their projects. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show, or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at 
eyesonsuccess.net. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.